what's up and welcome to the horror cast episode number 143 and tonight we are talking about a nightmare on elm street again this is part three of our nightmare before christmas series and yes we know it's after christmas don't even ask and uh tonight we're going to be looking at two of the finest installments of uh, nightmare on elm street series that is part five the dream child and part six freddy's dead the final nightmare i am one of your hosts tonight mark nato and i wanted to say that we are missing our wonderful taminator tonight uh she is under the weather so uh, i know she'll listen to this we hope you're feeling uh much better very soon and uh we miss you we miss you and i know that I can speak for her when I say she loved these movies, loved them. So I think she went out immediately and bought them both on Blu-ray. All right. Let's bring in also Revan and Vin. What's up, Vin? Hey, what's up? Yeah. We're talking about the installments that I actually grew up with. Um, So (laughs) there's some nostalgia here, but boy, it doesn't help. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about these. (laughs) Yeah. All right, and let's bring in Jessica, the amateur destroyer. What's up? Hey, guys. Excited to be getting through the series again. Um, You know, like you guys know, I can't really remember these, and I think especially the tail end, I've had a really hard time remembering anything about these last movies. So it's kind of been like revisiting them for the first time. Um, So, you know, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. (laughs) Yeah. I... uh... I, I definitely remember the dream child in, in bits and pieces. Um, I, I don't remember these. I don't know if I ever saw a dream child. Like when I, when it was 1989, I don't, I don't think I saw it. I don't remember it um, at all. And then Freddie's dead. I was in college and frankly, I was kind of like out of the loop for a while because I was, you know, just studying and doing the stuff. So there's a, there's a little bit of the nineties there early nineties where I, I have a, uh, uh, like a, a gap between, um, you know, my high school days and the end of college where I don't know a ton of uh, movies and stuff. So, so, but as soon as I saw it, I remembered, uh, you know, the story cause I had seen it later on in life. So, but it'll be interesting to talk about. There's, there's actually, there's not all bad, right? It's not all bad. We have some, no. some good to talk about. So let's uh, let's get right to it, okay? Um, we're gonna kick this off by talking about uh, part five first, the Dream Child, and this came out in 1989. Um, I believe it came out on August 11th, 1989. Uh, August is not a a great time yeah, for movies right. to to drop, right? But uh, it came out, and, and here's the reason why they kept making these, right? This this thing had a a six million dollar budget. And it made like twenty-two and a half million dollars. That that's why they they make them, uh, and they rushed them out because this one, uh, you know, more than tripled its budget. So it's it's again horror is always a money maker for for the most part on a low budget. Uh, rated R, of course, one hour and twenty-nine minutes. I was surprised it has a five point one out of ten uh, IMD rating uh, IMDb rating on average. 44,000, um, people. Hmm. So I, I, I thought that was pretty decent. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. 
uh, directed by Stephen Hopkins, and um, I had never heard of this guy. Um, he, uh, but he does do some other directing. Predator Two is uh, one of his. Uh, I guess that's one of his uh, crown jewels. Predator mm. Predator Two, um, and a lot of TV stuff. A lot of TV stuff. So he's not a. He did uh, the Ghost in the Darkness. I like that one. <laughs> is that the <laughs> lion one? Yeah. The lion. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Yeah, I only saw it when it first came out. Is that Val Kilmer? Yeah. 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 Okay, I think Lions I remember. Lions of Zabo. Yeah, that right. wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. And he did the he did the um, Lost in Space film from 1998, <laughs> which is not as good as the original series nor the remake on Netflix. By the way, if you don't, if it's not horror, but if you like sci-fi, you need to watch that. The Lost in Space series that. on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Uh, so, so that's Stephen Hopkins. Uh, again, written based on characters by Wes Craven. The story is by John Skip and Craig Spector. Um, yeah, they don't have a ton of credits, uh, although um, John Skip wrote a segment called This Means War from the Tales of Halloween film. In 2015, which I actually kind of mm-hmm. like, I like that film uh, as an indie film. And I think this Spectre. is also a this, this is one of those films that was kind of being written as it was going to. So, oh yeah, <laughs> I think to call them writers is you know, <laughs> yeah, take take with that what that means. <laughs> yeah, well you can a, look, you can you look don't have a script their, as you're filming. <laughs> yeah, you can look at their their writing credits, and it's it's extremely short. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, crazy. Um, stars, Robert England, of course, uh, back as Freddy Krueger. We've got Lisa Wilcox back as Alice, uh, Kelly Joe Minter as Yvonne, Danny Hassel as Dan, Erica Anderson as Greta, um, Nicholas Mealy as Dennis Johnson, Joe Seeley as Mark, um, and then anybody else? Nah, don't need to talk about anybody else. Oh, Beatrice Boapel as Amanda Krueger. Um, and a lot of other little cast parts that no one's going to know. All right. This is a pretty simple plot here. Uh, Alice, who we met in part four, uh, she is now pregnant and she finds Freddy Krueger striking through the sleeping mind of her unborn child, hoping to be reborn into the world. There you go. So let's go ahead and listen to the trailer. When we get back, we'll talk about our first impressions. His mother was a God-fearing woman. His birth was an unspeakable horror. Please don't let him do that! His life and death have been one incredible nightmare. But now all that is going to change because Freddy wants to become a daddy. Wanna make babies? What's wrong with me? You're just a little pregnant. Even if he has to adopt. No! Do unborn babies dream? When it comes to chills. It happened while I was awake. When it comes to screams. The part just start. When it comes to pure terror. Bone appetite. <laughs> no one delivers like Freddy. Better buckle up. 
Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. It's a boy! When it comes to terror, remember, Freddy knows best. All right, we are back, and uh, I want to I wanna give it to Jessica. What are your first impressions of this? I don't know if you can remember when you first saw it. Um, I mean, you said it's kind of like you're watching them, watching them for the first time, but, uh, what, what were your first impressions? Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't remember anything from the first time that I watched this. Um, so it was kind of like watching it for the first time. So pretending that this is my first time watching it, my first impressions would be that I kind of liked that they pushed the boundaries with like artistry in some ways. And I know that it doesn't really work. Uh, most of the time, but I still appreciated their efforts. Um, but there were some very like creepy dream sequences. Um, it's just the way that it was shot and the way that they did like the film sets and stuff were pretty creepy. So I like that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one actually. I actually thought it was uh, gonna be much worse. <laughs> So I was expecting yeah. that, and maybe because of that, I had fun with it. All right. How about you, Van? Your first impressions? Uh, you probably remember when you first saw this. Yeah, it was sort of. I mean, like I said, this is a this is actually the film that I saw the most growing up from the franchise. Um, I, I, they, they showed it a lot on television, um, and yeah. I loved it as a kid. Um, I mean, it's not scary, even for a kid. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. The last time I had really seen it, though, is when I watched all the movies straight through, you know, about yep. 20 years ago. Uh, and at that time, I remember not really liking part four, but still liking this one quite a bit. Um, and I think for this one, it was really the the gothic set designs that I really liked. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say this time around, it's certainly a different story. Um, <laughs> I kind of like part four a little bit more than I ever have, um, though mm -hmm. I don't love it still. And this one mostly fell flat for me. Um, I still like those gothic set designs. I think they fit really well with Freddy's like nightmare world. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of potential in the ideas that are here. Uh, you know, like, like you mentioned the, in the plot, you know, Freddy using an unborn child's dream state to access the world is I think really clever. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that, you know, we have filmmakers who are recognizing that their fan base is getting older, yeah. you know, and they were yeah. ready for more mature themes. And I think that's commendable. I do think they could have taken things way further in that respect and had like, you know, this is just me writing around fan film, but Alice and her friends as like these young adult, like uh, protectors of Springwood's children, you know, who are being targeted by Freddie and you can have like one age group hooking up with another one teaming up, you know, in order to, to kind of, you know, to bring Freddie down and show that this generation wouldn't be making the same mistakes their parents did. Uh, Cause so much of this franchise is about like parents screwing up. <laughs> you know, with yeah. their kids. Um, I think that would have been far more effective than what they did. Uh, and of course, they don't do anything like that. But uh, instead, we get a movie that I think feels kind of like a drab rehash of earlier films, kind of with a clunky and confusing script elements. Um, and I'd say that this time around, I found Freddy officially obnoxious. Uh, so, <laughs> officially. Uh, <laughs> officially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was getting there. He was getting there in the last one, but uh, he did quite that threshold but now he's he's full-on just intolerable in this one yeah, yeah. like le yeah. way less menacing <laughs> yeah and not not funny yeah. right he at least made me laugh a few times in the other movies he, he's not even funny in this one 
Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I'll have to look and see, but I can't really remember any of his one-liners in this one. You know, like even the next one, there's a couple one-liners that I can remember, but yeah. this one is not as memorable as as other ones. Um, so as for me, I do not remember watching this when it came out. Of course, uh, I think. It was probably into my 20s when I saw it, probably on a VHS or something from Blockbuster. Um, so it, it's not like I um, haven't seen it since. I think I remember watching this not too long ago. It, it, it popped up on you know some sort of you know, HBO or Stars or whatever, and I and I watched it. Um, so this is uh, probably the second time I've watched this over the past couple of years, and you know my first impressions are you know definitely something that they rushed out uh you know to just to just make money to tell you the truth i mean but again i'm with jessica i had fun with it i I was not like all that impressed with with freddie because i like scary freddie better but i I liked the the kids like the teenagers in this Mm -hmm. i like alice as a as a a protagonist i really do um and i i enjoyed some of the things that they did like jessica said like uh art direction wise that i I was impressed that they were able to pull off uh we'll we'll talk about that uh here in in a second but I, i don't think it's bad i really don't i mean it really could be so much better if freddie is more menacing and scary and they don't, you know, go in that direction where they really, really up it in the next one. I mean, we're talking about video game, Freddy and all that. (laughs) Um, But this one, uh, you know, uh, I think it's pretty decent. So there you go. That was my first impression. Uh, And I know Tammy would, would definitely disagree with me. (laughs) I don't think she liked either, either one of these. And I did like the gothic setting as well. I um, thought that was uh, a good choice. So yeah. uh, let's let's talk about it. What, what are some What are some good things um, from this movie? I mean, you you already mentioned the gothic. You know, I had said that. I do. I think that fits really well. Like when we're whenever we go into Freddy's mind, you know, or we go into. Um, yeah, where um, Alice is sort of, she's either in the dream world or she's kind of like reliving certain memories from maybe Amanda Kruger. Or, you know, it, it, it the world is this weird kind of twisted gothic landscape, which I think mm-hmm. is actually really neat. I mean, even their high school in the beginning when they're graduating, their high yeah. school is like this gothic type building as well. Uh-huh. Um, so we're we're pulled into a very different feeling town than what we had had before. Um, but I, I really like that, you know, I mean, it definitely plays into, I think more, um, yeah, that was kind of like more primordial nightmare <laughs> dream yeah. worlds that, you know, people have been tapping into for centuries now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it makes sense that, uh, that Freddie would kind of come from or build on those archetypes. Um, yeah. so I, I think the Gothic elements fit really well, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I like yeah. the, uh, where we see a little bit more of the, uh, uh, where Freddie was, I guess, created, you know, mm-hmm. the son of a hundred maniacs, which yeah. is, yeah. you know, that's the greatest insult for uh, elementary kids. 
right? Mm-hmm. For for the next one. <laughs> Son of a hundred maniacs. But <laughs> uh, but I liked that, you know, you see this room and and then you see Robert England like with Sans Freddy makeup walking around. I'm like, oh, that's his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so that that was a little a little creepy. But yeah, very uh, creepy. Yeah, yeah. And what, what did you think about the, the, the kids in this one? Like the, the cast, because every, every single nightmare on Elm street, you have your, your, your kids, your, your main cast, you know, your, your Freddie fodder, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. And I actually thought this one was a pretty, pretty decent cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and some interesting yeah. characters. Um, what, what I you like them. Yeah. In the last one, we started getting the kind of breakfast club pattern. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think we're kind of like that here again. Um, it's very unrealistic that these this group would be hanging out <laughs> yeah. necessarily with each other. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, I, I do kind of like the uh, I, I overall like these characters. Um, I did end up finding Yvonne kind of annoying. Um, mm-hmm. hearing her just continually deny things over and over again. Uh, just, yes. I mean, I understand her being a skeptic, but I don't need to see scene after scene of it. Um, Which one's Yvonne? She's the swimmer. She's like the superwoman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who um, has right. like three jobs and is on the swim team and yeah. has keys like to the pool and everything. Super, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that this movie does a decent job uh, of showing the pressures that these students are under as like they're transitioning from their teenage years to adulthood. Yeah. You know, they've sure. just graduated. You've got the, the model, you know, yeah. whose mother is, his mother, her mother's so over the top. Yeah. Um, it reminded she, me of sleep away. She's a cartoon character. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the aunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's just too over the top, but I mean, still, I, I don't, I kind of like the, the pressure that we're seeing, you know, um, and we, we kind of get a little bit with the boyfriend, Dan, um, you know, we see a little bit of a, you know, he's being scouted out, I think for football. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you got, you know, all the pressure that Yvonne seems to be under, although it doesn't, it, we don't know if it comes from her parents, but, uh, she seems to put way too much pressure on herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they could have explored that more, you know, but I was glad to at least see that side of things. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, as they're, they have the, the pressure of responsibility now that weighing on them. Yeah. Yeah. They felt a little fleshed out, um, which is always kind of nice in these movies, you know, where they're getting killed off. So you should care about them a little bit. Um, I felt Mm -hmm. like it was at least effective in that. Yeah. I think it's probably the better, uh, cast since dream warriors. I mean, I guess there's only Mm -hmm. one, one other one, but it's a little more memorable than, than the last cast. I think. Right. I Um, agree. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark, yeah. was that the guy that was the artist? Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to mention him. Yeah, I, I liked him. Yeah. Um, I liked he him reminded too. me a lot of myself <laughs> because yeah. right. I was a That's comic book kid like, growing up. <laughs> he was like almost too weird, but at the same time, he's the one that I can relate to the most. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, like Vince his, said, would these yeah. people actually hang out in real, yeah. <laughs> in real life? You know, <laughs> to be a comic book geek in 1989 wasn't exactly something that made you hang out with the teen model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, it's in different school. nowadays, you know. You can <laughs> be into yeah. all kinds of stuff. Everyone's into the Marvel culture was not stuff. accepted in 1989. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but yeah. that's also kind of part of growing up too. Is that mm-hmm. like as you grow older, you kind of stop caring about 
yeah. those yeah. stereotypes and things. Yeah. Well, it's like I, I kind of like again, you know, we saw it in the Dream Warriors, and I mentioned it then when they were playing like a version of D and D. Yeah. And it was kind of seen as kind of a positive outlet for them, you know. Mm-hmm. And we see the same yeah. thing with Mark. You know, he's not criticized for liking all the comics; it's just his thing, and it's how he expresses himself. You know, and I, I kind of like how he's the one that. Yeah, they, they they should have taken more pages from these previous movies, um, you know, but he kind of takes a page out of Dream Warriors and he's able to imagine himself as his comic book character in order to try right. and confront Freddy. You know, yep. like he kind of figures out the rules. He can use his imagination. And, you know, I think that's one of the frustrating things by the time we get to this movie, especially, is that we once again have teenagers who somehow have never heard of Freddy Krueger and we have to <laughs> yeah. reteach them everything again. Like, I just kind of want them to start a movie where everybody already knows who he is. And we just kind of hit the ground running instead of going through these scene after scene all the time, repeating it, you know, movie after movie after movie of people having to convince other people that Freddy exists. Um, right. I kind of I think it would have been really cool if they kind of kept like brought in some of that Dream Warriors stuff. And even they forget about the fact that Alice like collects powers <laughs> from people who Freddy kills if they had brought mm-hmm. that in somehow again, you know, because she I, I like Lisa Wilcox, but she doesn't have much of a story arc in this one at all. Um yeah, not like she did in the last one, where she kind of goes from, you know, kind of geeky introvert to, mm-hmm. you know, hot babe who can karate kick and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She just kind of... That's a good point. She's kind of learned she's pregnant and yells a lot in this, but... Yeah, I totally forgot that she can, like, partially absorb people's power. <laughs> they probably yeah, I think the filmmakers read that. about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Like the, that's, a, that's one for the back cover. Uh, she's pregnant and yells a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Vin, Revenant Vin podcast. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, so again, good good I mean good, not great, you know, uh characters. And I would have liked to have spent a little bit more time with with the characters before they get uh like especially um you know Greta. Yeah. Kind of I like I like the way she like went <laughs> let's let's talk yeah. about those. Let's talk about like the kills and and mm-hmm. and the create the creativity and the kills. That was definitely something that was, um, I thought pretty good about this movie. Yeah, yeah, although, yeah for the most you know, part, the the MPA butchered this movie. Really? Um, you know, like I remember when I was a kid, I really liked Greta's killing. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think it comes off as like kind of clunky and rushed in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not effective. You know, the idea is there. But I know the original cut went way longer and like Freddie was actually like feeding Greta her own stomach and everything like that. And um, mm. they were like all the people at the dinner table almost having like a weird, crazy food fight and stuff. So you know, there was a lot more actually to that whole scene that was just completely butchered. But uh-huh. yeah, you could tell that she went from um, just being fed to like big fat cheeks, like real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was whole... something missing yeah. in there. Uh, mm. But I thought that the, uh, you know the special effects in that were pretty were pretty decent. I mean, yeah, I, I'd rather see that than like CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that was probably my favorite mm-hmm. death scene in this movie. Yeah, and I like yeah, the. the um, I also like the fact that she uh, she was a a decent character. She was like a supermodel in real life, like a former supermodel. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was kind of fitting that that's how she died, and that's how you know her character was. Mm-hmm. is being i guess her mom really wanted her to be a a model right so yeah, yeah. that's crazy yeah. van you're gonna say something else about it no i was gonna talk i thought you were gonna go into uh one of the other deaths yeah um, go ahead go ahead i was gonna mention dan's death and, oh yeah uh, i i mean it's cool 
practical effects, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. And I I think it's it, it's just kind of so lazily done. Like you're telling me that he gets a phone call from Alice at this pool party that Freddy Krueger is back, and he leaves the party and immediately falls asleep in his truck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's just like it's it's so like there's zero tension. It's yeah. just he's driving. We see him not off for a second, and now he's just getting turned into like a motorcycle man. Um, th- that yeah. I thought was really lame and dissatisfying. Dissat- you know, I, unsatisfactory, even though the special effects are kind of cool. Yeah, right. Like if he was just gonna go and pick her up already, and she hadn't called them and told them that, then it would have been fine. Because I like when they do that when it's like, oh, they not off for half a second, and now they're in the dream world, and they don't realize it quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does happen to people when they're driving, you know? So I was like, Ooh, but yeah. Like, why can't you stay awake if you know that this is happening? I don't understand. You would think that you'd be wired. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, like you, you yeah, ran out of Adrenaline there. would be pumping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He so got like, up and ran. He said, I gotta go. He almost forgot his yeah. champagne. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the, that's the, the thing with these movies is it's gotta be. Look, there's got to be kind of these convenient things where people fall asleep extremely easily. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about this in the second movie, but like my my kids watched that movie with me because um, it was on Tubi, <laughs> and so uh-huh. we we watched it. And my wife even watched it with. We were rolling laughing. Um, that's how you know, like Freddie's not scary anymore. My ten <laughs> year old is absolutely dying laughing, oh, and that was one of the things. It's like how do people fall asleep so quickly? You know, it's or like, it's like a, it's just like a convenience thing, you know, always got to be driving. Okay. He'll nod off. That's it, just, it, it, they make it look like Yvonne falls asleep in the jacuzzi. Yeah. You know, like she's asleep for a long time, apparently underwater. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't drown. Like she wouldn't need Freddie to knock her off. You know, like yeah. you see her like falling asleep in the jacuzzi. And then when she wakes up, she's under the water. Yeah. Uh, that girl's dead. You know, yeah. like she drowned way before Freddie could even get to her. Yeah. But it's just, it, like I said, it, it's kind of like a, a kind of a lazier, blander version of what we've seen before. And it's just, you know, in the earlier films, you had at least a little more tension when they're trying mm-hmm. to stay awake. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, you're you're kind of waiting for that moment. Like, oh, is this going to happen? Oh, no, they're still awake. You know, yeah. uh, there's none of that your, here. It's just you got they, your they no days and your. Yeah, your your caffeine pills and your your coffee and and all that. And you was yeah. it the last one they were like eating spoonfuls of Sanka, or what was yeah, it? Yeah, the was third one. Third one, yeah. Third one, yeah. Kristen was eating, yeah, the yeah, dehydrated but, coffee or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? It wasn't a kill scene, but uh, Lisa's Lisa Wilcox's shower scene at the beginning. I liked it. I I was struck by. You know, we open the film with a major kind of like sexualization of the female body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we see the remnants or flashes of like, you know, a sex scene. Yeah. And then we see Alice nude in the shower, which it was a body double, but still. Um, yeah. And then and we go obvious. from <laughs> there to uh, a dream sequence where she's walking nude. And then she gets put in a nun's habit right before she's raped by 100 maniacs. So yeah. it's like we're we're thrown into like this real sexualization of her character and her body that I understand like we're kind of getting into a birth theme <laughs> and everything. Right. Else. So her body is, you know, but this isn't about like her body as a sexual 
you know, uh, baby making machine. It's about a sexual object. Um, it, it, I feel like they, they, they maybe took it a little bit weird with that character. Like this is a character that we've gotten to know, Yeah, you know, that we got to know in the last movie. And it was kind of weird to see her like, so, so overly sexualized in those scenes where she's yeah, kind of laid she, out for viewers to gawk at. It's kind of weird. Cause she definitely wasn't in the, in the, in part four. No. Yeah. Not at all. But, um, I mean, besides for the, the blatant nudity there, but I thought it was a kind of a, a cool thing, how the shower fills up and, and yeah. she's, mm-hmm. uh, trapped in there. That's, uh, I thought that was kind of a, a cool set piece or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like the, I always like the dream sequence, like intros that are bringing us into the movie. They, they, you're, I think they've always been pretty good, even if the movie is bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like even at number two, we like the bus, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I told my kids, it's anytime anyone like jerks awake, Mm -hmm. that, that means they're in a dream. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not awake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. there's there's certain yeah. cues and stuff that you learn like yeah they're dreaming um, yeah uh, let's see yeah as I was gonna say as far as the sexualization of Alice I didn't really feel that way and I didn't like the way that it opened up initially but that scene in contrast with Freddie's dad and all the maniacs trying to rape her you know when she's remembering things from um, mm-hmm. Freddie's mother's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it just kind of made sense to the story, especially because, you know, she becomes pregnant and uh, Freddie's trying to be reborn and all of that. So I didn't really feel that way personally about it. Like, yeah. I felt like I mean, it kind of came together. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we can contrast like a love scene with a rape scene. Right. You know, two very starkly different ways of going, coming with child, you know. I'm just yeah. saying as as a straight male, I yeah. thought she was highly sexual. <laughs> in those scenes, right. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I noticed. <laughs> um, now, now, can I say this? This is uh, going off on a, a different topic here, uh, because I was looking at a picture of the opening credits. What What is this? A junior high project? I was, I was like, "What is this? This is so amateurish." You know what Are I'm saying? You talking about the the sex scene. No, the or the opening credits, like the the Nightmare on Elm Street and the and and uh, the Dream Child, like the graphics. Oh, it just, wow. I'm, I'm vaguely remembering it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I like don't even remember that. I just remembered they were doing it. I just remember. Did they not even give a number. <laughs> no, and just, that's crazy just, because yeah. the tagline from this movie. Are, are you ready for this? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Roll over, Beethoven. It's Freddie's fifth. I love it. Who thought that would be good? I love it. Oh, gosh. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Bad. It's bad. All right. So let's talk about another kill, which this one might be one of my favorites, like favorite set pieces of all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, although I didn't really like the kill, and that's Mark. Yeah. Um, as he goes into the comic book or he goes into the, the, the drawings that reminds me so much of the aha music video take on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You remember yeah. that? I mean, that was a big deal back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a groundbreaking video and they did a good job with, with, uh, the way it looked with, with the, uh, the story and the, uh, yeah, the I comic think the book. Were pretty good. 
Yeah. I'll and I will it. say, yeah. as as somebody who was a comic kid, this is the day, you know, years and years before we got the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and everything else, you know, that was kind of like the closest that a comic book kid came to seeing a comic book on screen, you know, yep. Uh, yep. even if it was super Freddy, which was super cheesy. Um, <laughs> but still, yeah. it's like it's like the closest that we had. Uh, so I, I definitely appreciate it. I, I I like it overall. I kind of wish that we at least seen like, you know, Mark all mangled up afterwards or something like that. Uh, yeah. You know, it's literally a bloodless murder. Um yeah, it's, and it's and you only cool see fact, his his hand right afterwards. Like you only see his hand and some blood. You don't really. Yeah, something like that. Oh yeah. Because yeah, isn't he like he's kind of sliced like apart, right? That's supposed well, to be in, him being sliced apart. Yeah, his papers. His yeah. paper version sliced apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I, I could have done without Freddie riding on a skateboard. <laughs> um, could have yelled Cowabunga or something like that. That was very. Oh my god. Um, yeah, but, and I was. You know, I overall I do like that scene. Yeah, I like. Yeah, liked but the scene. I did. I did note too that like he was supposed to be staying awake and watching Alice, and he fell asleep. And it's like, why can't any of these dudes take this seriously? <laughs> like, just yeah. don't fall asleep and watch them. While they're hey, sleeping, like you're supposed to. Why don't these to. girls try staying awake for a change? That's right. And let yeah, the guys sleep. Maybe, maybe they should, <laughs> you know, because it'll actually get done. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't. You know how it is. Like when you are not supposed to do something, it's <laughs> the exact same thing that you want to do. I would do horribly. <laughs> yeah. Staying awake if I had to. Absolutely. Um, yeah, okay, but if out. it's like in this instance, <laughs> and he believes her, you know, yeah. and his life is on the line, I don't know. It's just yeah. weird. Yeah, I was looking like that's Super Freddy. That mm-hmm. wasn't Robert England, right? No. no, it sure didn't look like him. And I can't. Big body it was um, it was Michael Bailey Smith. Okay, and he was yeah. in Men in Black too, and he was also in um, the Hills Have Eyes remake and the second okay. one as well. Okay, and he's he's also the body double stand-in for Dan in that opening sex scene. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. So he got all yeah. the fun parts. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. And then I guess just because we're on the topic ish, um, there's merging Freddy at the end, and that was somebody else too. That was Noble Craig who who does like creature performer um, roles in different movies. He was like the sewer monster in big trouble, little China mm. um, and the puddle soldier in the blob. And he was a vomit creature in poltergeist too. <laughs> nice R- vomit creature. That thing is oh, put, awesome. Put, put that on your uh, <laughs> resume. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. Which, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to think of who uh, merging Freddie is. I don't, it's I don't when remember. he's like merging with Alice at the end, uh, like okay. final battle. Yes, their heads are like coming together and stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember other kills. Uh, y- Yvonne, That's it. I think we only had three. <laughs> well, Yvonne, right? But no, she, she just fall- No, she, she makes didn't? it. Yeah, okay. he like pulls her into the dream world, but I think he gets distracted because Alice is there trying to like. Mess everything up for him at the same time. All right. Yeah, for a yeah. fifth Nightmare on Elm Street movie, we only get three kills. Wow. That's I just I just thought about that. <laughs> that that's crazy. 
Yeah. That is crazy. I did like the uh, the little the little part there where um, Greta was in um, what's her name's refrigerator. Yeah. You know, when she was dreaming, she, she was trying to pull her out of the refrigerator. Oh yeah, yeah. they yeah. actually looked pretty good. Yeah, it yeah. did. Yeah. It looked, looked really good. freaky. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, did not find the score all that great. Um. Not sure if they really used the the theme music uh, to its you know uh, potential. I think that's just part of part of they went from scary, creepy to I don't know, just kind of it, it's a little bit zany, you know. Yeah, the um, guy who did the music is uh, Jay Ferguson, mm-hmm. and. As a composer, one of his credits is license to drive. So, oh, hmm. along those, the movies were like along those lines that he's done. The two Corys. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, what, he was in charge of the soundtrack for the Terminator, but that's a soundtrack, not composing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, it, I thought it was, I thought it was forgettable. That's what I'm saying. It's not like when I think of the first Nightmare on Elm Street, I think the score as being like, it's like one of the creepiest parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they lose that very quickly. Um, so uh, what else we got? What else we got? Um, Jacob. What, what do you think about Jacob? Could have done without him. <laughs> he could have done without. He's like creepy I, like, I never kid. liked that child actor, man. Like no, I never even when I was a kid, I didn't understand why he kept getting roles. Like, the first thing I thought when he her. appeared, um, I was like, that's that annoying little brat on Jurassic Park. Like I know instantly. it's the only scene that I thought like he nailed. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. obnoxious kid that he wanted to gut. Um yeah. he was annoying. Yeah, he's yeah, still acting I, today. Still acting today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's between. I mean, yeah, whatever. He's a child actor, but I, yeah, I don't like the Jacob conversations. I don't like Jacob basically defeating Freddy by vomiting on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just wish that Jacob was a concept. You know, <laughs> that it was yeah. just the fetus, and she wasn't talking, and she wasn't had these conversations with the dreams. Like, you don't want me. Uh, like, uh, that stuff was yeah. pretty corny. Um, yeah, that was weird. Like, why? I don't understand why there was a child version of him when he was a fetus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and know. he already named himself. Like, I don't know what the, I don't understand any of this crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I didn't like him. And once again, I didn't like the Amanda Kruger stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I did just... actually. I don't know. None of the church stuff bugs me. I feel like it just kind of makes sense to the story. And I like her it's... a lot. It comes yeah. off as really corny for me. I don't know. And like what, it, what's corny, <laughs> like that she she is able to defeat him. It's just like she just seems like a very convenient symbol for goodness. You know, like just by virtue of being a nun. <laughs> well, uh, nuns it, are usually pretty daggone good. <laughs> uh the conjuring universe would disagree. Oh, um God. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just she, you know, okay, so she was raped and she had a, a kid. I don't know. She keeps coming in as like this, you know, this deus ex machina, basically. Like she kind of comes in to, to solve things um, when she's not really a character that earns any of that stuff. You know what I mean? 
Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need this heavenly nun things. to keep popping in. I think she's just kind of like a guiding force, you know. And didn't they say that she actually killed herself? So no, that scene is awful because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like Mark is reading Alice like newspaper clippings. He says, "Oh yeah, it's believed that Amanda Kruger hanged herself, but they couldn't find any proof because there was no body." How the hell does that work? How do you assume yeah. that somebody hanged themselves, committed suicide, and yet there's weird. no body to be found? <laughs> like, if somebody's dead or missing and presumed dead, why would you think hanging <laughs> and not murder yeah. or something else? Like, there, there's there's no world where that that whole scenario makes sense that he was just talking about. Um, I mean, you know, it, you seem to take out a book. I couldn't read what the book said. It was Christian mm -hmm. something. Could you read? The, it was Christian it, mythology. Mythology. Okay, I couldn't. I couldn't read if it was theology or mythology. Exactly what it said. I'm like, what is he looking in right now uh, to figure out this? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's again. I wish that we had characters that just already kind of knew the stuff. You know, knew mm -hmm. the stuff from the past films. We don't have to rehash things. We don't have to awkwardly try to fill in some backstory when it doesn't make any friggin' sense the way that they do it. You know, well, and then, it's like, like he was trying to use her though to like be reborn, and so I think that it does make sense. And I don't know, it felt like in the third one that it, it, I don't know, it doesn't bother me. I feel like they're kind of building on that, and they're making it make enough sense in these movies that don't make a ton of sense already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying with this, right? Uh, I, I'm saying I don't like it. <laughs> There are parts of it that you can make sense. You know, there are parts. There are parts of it that you could say, yeah, whatever. Um, I remember when I was younger, I liked that whole idea of Amanda and Freddie, like, kind of locked in this eternal battle. You mm -hmm. know, um, I remember finding that really, really cool when I was a kid. Now I couldn't help but notice that tiny little doll of Amanda that had like a little thing sticking out of its stomach as they're panning back and going through those doors. <laughs> Because mm -hmm. the doll actually like stops moving, <laughs> just like stays in one <laughs> position for a while. Um, but uh, you know, I I don't mind some of that stuff. But uh, I I just you know it, it doesn't do anything for me. The whole Amanda Kruger character. I don't know why we would need this outside force to keep doing this. And you know, I kind of liked it before we introduced her when the teenagers were figuring this stuff out. Mm. You know, when we had uh, we had Nancy. You know, uh, you know, yeah. kind of doing uh, trial and error and, you know, reading booby trap books and mm -hmm. all these other things, not saying like, you know, find my body. And then, you know, she sends Yvonne and Yvonne. It's like the first wall she looks in. She finds she finds Amanda's body. It's, it's amazing. She's got really good sense of location. Absolutely. <laughs> um, They've already established she's Superwoman. Yeah, just ask yeah. the police. It's easy to find bodies that are yeah. mysteriously hidden. Yeah, um, I, guess I think I like that Mark Amanda. even said that they searched and they couldn't find the body, but somehow Yvonne finds it. No problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like Amanda because of the mother aspect, not necessarily the nun aspect, but like the the part of her that is a nun doesn't bother me, is what I'm yeah. saying. Like sometimes no, that yeah. kind of thing would really bother me, depending on how forced it feels. Um. But to me, it, it just doesn't bother me. Well, the fact they introduced her in part three, I don't mind them using her in this one. I just don't like how she was used. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, I think that the the father or the parent child uh, theme that we have going is interesting um, mm -hmm. because, of course, you know, she's pregnant. Uh, 
she, you know, she's talking about how Freddie kind of wants her son for his own, trying to make him like him. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Um, but I, I think that there is this kind of um, theme of uh, parent-child reconciliation. Like, you know, I like that scene where Alice is like crying in the in the kitchen mm -hmm. and her father walks in, you know, and she says, you know, are you disappointed? And he yeah. says, no, I, I can never be. And then he says, you know, I kind of hope it's a boy. I'd like to hear the sound of a boy running around this house again. And I was like, yeah. you know, that's good. That's actually a really nice scene. Um, I kind of wish that it was more about that sort of thing, yeah. you know, right. about parents and children kind of, you know, coming together and protecting and, you know, I, I but they don't, they again, they, they don't, they just don't take it farther enough, far enough for me, but. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I love Alice and her dad. Just side note, I love that whole story arc and how he's going to meetings and getting better and they have their cute little banter and he's totally supportive of her. Um, yeah. I felt like that was all really nice. Yeah, I'm glad they went that way yeah. instead of just, mm -hmm. you know, another deadbeat parent, you know. Yeah, or like a kinda, parent that doesn't exist in the movie. Yeah, kind of give him a little bit of a redeeming quality there. Mm -hmm. Um What'd you think of the, uh, what's the, uh, that, the whole staircase thing? Yeah, the, like, MC Escher thing? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was labyrinth. so goofy looking. <laughs> I, yeah. I just thought that I was... like the idea, and some of those shots look really cool. Yeah. But yeah. there's other shots where they're, like, trying to grab at each other, where you're like, that doesn't look... Like they're in the same space at all. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I kind of sure. meant with my opening statement on the movie as a whole of, I like that they are trying to do these cool artistic things, but not necessarily all of them work. Yeah. No, they, they definitely shot for the, the stars and some of these, these set pieces and some of these uh, special effects. Now all the practical stuff works really well. Like the, the little baby Freddy. I love the baby Freddy. Yeah. I mean, that looks really good. Yeah, it's creepy. It really does. Oh, I really liked when he was like the stomach lining, Alice's mm -hmm. stomach lining when she was getting the, um, oh my God, I can't remember ultrasound. what that's called. Ultrasound, yeah. And he was just like the inner lining of her stomach. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I but like I thought all that was really good. But, you know, when you're, you're, when you're not making something and it's, and it's like a special effect when it's like a digital effect, mm -hmm. they just, it, it wasn't, well, I don't know. I don't know. Cause then we, we talked about these, uh, uh, these artwork, these comic books that looked great. So how come the stairs couldn't look as great? I don't know. Maybe yeah, they had run out so of money. Weird. I think they, they were actually a really difficult, you know, shots to pull off. Yeah, uh, those staircases because you couldn't do the CGI. So like when actors are upside down, sometimes they actually are upside down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they're <laughs> you got somebody else running underneath them, and you know they're tilting the camera and everything like that. Um, this yeah, is one of the tarantula scene, right? Oh God, yeah, that made me laugh. That was the worst. She's so obviously trying not to hurt those tarantulas, <laughs> so they just have a of her like her foot like stomping on the coat in like this empty space where there's no tarantulas i'm mm -hmm. like i don't want her to kill a tarantula for the movie but like can you give her a fake one that she could at least step on <laughs> you know and just not make it so obvious that we're trying to try to protect these things yeah, that yeah. Effect of the tarantulas yeah. is terrible guys no tarantulas were harmed in the making of this movie <laughs> well 
Not a single one. Not even a fake tarantula was harmed. I I like the thing (laughs) that happened before that when she knocks Freddy into the pit of 100 maniacs and they tear him apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah, they rip his arm off and pass it back. That's the thing, you know, again, I go back to Amanda Kruger. I hate how scared Freddy is of her. Like, you know, he's frightened by her very presence. And I don't think you're always scared of your mom. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the fact that Alice, we know that she continually gets more powerful, or at least in the previous movie she did, every time he kills somebody, I think it would be kind of cool if he was actually afraid of her. You know, yeah. and he was trying to hide from her the whole time. You know, I, I just think that that would have been a more interesting thing because, you know, I kind of like when she like stabs him with the that wheelchair of spikes or whatever it was. Right. Mm-hmm. She throws although she like screams and announces herself way too early. Yeah, <laughs> he could easily have gotten that out of the way. Um, yeah. But it would be kind of cool to see her, you know, being able to play mental games with him and mind games. And, you know, they can almost like fight against, you know, competing dreamscapes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. You know, I, I felt like they were almost going in that direction when he gets knocked in the pit and torn apart. But yeah. then you she had the spiders on her and she freaks out and that's it. Yeah. That that uh, <laughs> wheelchair spike scene was good effects too. That, that looked yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, that looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah you actually see spikes go through them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I agree. I think Alice, him being, you know, scared of Alice or at least taking her seriously as a an adversary. Yeah, yeah, because she's kind of earned that, you know. Like he's gonna he's gonna be careful around her, you know. He's yeah. gonna yeah. try and hide from her, maybe still do his stuff, but he's not gonna compete her head on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? Anything else with this film? <laughs> uh what did you think about the rap at the end? <laughs> um, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think those lyrics had anything to do with the nightmare on Elf Street. <laughs> Because <laughs> it began with like a princess, uh, sorry, uh, not princess, Vincent Price laugh. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then it goes in a rap. I'm like, oh my God, are we going to get a Nightmare on Elm Street rap? But it's not. Like, I was looking at the lyrics. I'm like, I don't know if these this song has anything to do with Freddy. Um, I didn't like go and read all the lyrics, but I kept waiting for them to like reference things in the movie like they used to do all the time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they basically like recount the entire movie in a rap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it just seemed like it was an unrelated rap that was thrown at the end. Uh, especially when part four actually had a really good soundtrack. This one doesn't have anything. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, they were probably trying to, to recreate that. Uh, was it the fat boys from the, from the previous one that had a, had a D de- I, mean, I think it went on the charts and yeah, yeah they, yeah, they were so. just trying yeah. to be very pop culture. Uh, relevant. Yeah. Like every stinking, ever since Dream Warriors, they try to replicate that and have some sort of like theme song. And it's just. But at least those songs had to do with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. This one just didn't seem to really have much to do with it. But like I said, I didn't go through and read all the lyrics, but from what I listened to of it, I'm like, I don't see the connection. Yeah. 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 Um, One thing I wanted to mention throughout all of these actually is Matthew Peak is the guy who does all the cool poster art um for, from the first one through the fifth one. Um yeah. so this is his last I mean he actually ended up doing one for Freddy's Dead in like 2019 or something. Um hmm. but as far as like the original poster that was released, this is the last one that he did. Yeah, because they're all kind of the those similar uh color palettes and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, they're all cool, except, you know, 
what did they do with Freddy's dead? That is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that's horrible. (laughs) I'd like to. I don't want to. I'd like to see uh, what his rendition of uh, Freddy's Dead looks like because I'll have to look it up. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's not as cool as the other ones. Yeah. All right. I think we've talked about this one enough. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not an Oscar winner, but uh, even with all of its flaws, I I still had a pretty good time with this one. it's uh, it's definitely not uh i'd say i think i i, I prefer definitely part one three and four i'm trying to think if i prefer this one over part two and i can't i can't think i don't know what do you guys think is this better than part two for me it is but not by much not by much. yeah same it is better for me yeah, like I said, I like Alice. I never liked, you know. Yeah, uh, what, uh, what's his name? Jesse. <laughs> Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesse. Uh, butt dancing guy. I don't know what his <laughs> name. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, rate this. Uh, I, I'm just gonna give you Tammy's rating. She hasn't told me, but it's a a, a one out of ten. Uh, <laughs> you know, she she, she, she said is, it was the worst film she's ever seen. Yeah, she was. <laughs> Did really, you say that? She was not. I think that's what she said. I think she said I found the new worst movie or something like that. So that was what she texted to us. Yeah. So God bless her. God bless her. She's not liking this series. (laughs) We're sorry, Taminator. So uh, I'll go first. I'll go first, and uh, I'm going to give this one a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. I'll actually like it um, a, a decent amount. I think it's a. I think the the practical effects and uh, the, the kids. I like the kids and the, the cast and all that. I, I just wish that Freddie would be a little more sinister, but that's just where we went with this. That's, this is where the direction they went was wise cracking Freddie and you just got to deal with it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not watching this to, to be scared anymore. Like if I wanted to scare my kids, I would, show them a nightmare on Elm street, the original, because that would scare them. This, mm-hmm. this would not because I just, you know, like I said, I just watch these with my kids and they just, they just laugh the whole time. It's not, it's not, it's not scary anymore, but it's still a, still an interesting movie to watch. So how about you, Vin? I'm right there with you. Um, I also wrote down six and a half. Uh, you know, and for me, that's a score that says, you know, I, it's, oh, I don't mind watching it. I mean, I've I've seen it, you you know, I grew up with it. Um, it's a movie that I don't mind watching, but I don't look forward to going back back to, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't angry that I watched it though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) that's kind of where I am. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of indifferent on it right now. Yeah. Um, there's elements I like, uh, there's elements I don't like, you know, I think it mostly falls flat. But um, I don't think that it's like a movie that needs to be avoided or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I am. It's not one that I look forward to going back to anytime soon, but I don't mind that I saw it. Yeah. I mean, these these two films, uh, five and six, I always have a hard time remembering which is which, you know, and what what's happening. Like, like the first one and even the second one and the third one. I I remember everything that happens. I I remember 
I guess because it was just more impactful. This, I, it, it kind of runs together for yeah. me. Uh, actually, part four, five, and six, uh, even though four is a better movie. But um, how about you, Jessica? What would you rate it? Uh, for the for me, this one's a little bit higher than the fourth one, and that's mostly because I really hated the way that the fourth one opened and ended. And I felt like this one was a little better in, you know, those aspects that are kind of really important. Um, so for me, I gave this one a 7 out of 10. Nice. All right. Well, I'm glad all three of us, you know, kind of enjoyed it. We didn't hate it. So. Yeah, all I did not right. hate it. Yes. All right. Did uh, I wanted to ask you, Jessica, did, did um, and both of you, did any of your kids watch these with you? Not so, yet. Raina no. didn't watch the fifth one with me, but she did unfortunately watch the sixth one with me. And I had to apologize <laughs> she for did, that. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And your, your kid's probably not old enough yet. Right, Vin? Yeah, no. I mean, when I, when I watch these with them, I'll kind of watch, you know, the first one with them and stuff like that, but he's not old enough for the first one yet. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the one and even three kind of, I think are two still mature yeah. form. Yeah. So then you, he'd, he'd be asking me a lot of questions about Freddy Krueger that I wouldn't want to sit there for an hour and trying to explain to him. Yeah. <laughs> by letting him watch the, the fifth one first. And then if you watch the second one, there's going to be a whole other ton of questions. Yeah. A whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into a Nightmare on Elm Street 6 Freddy's Dead. I was like, Hi-ya. Oh. can you play the wake-up playlist? Do you like this one? Turn that up! Louder. Alice! Oh my god, what is that? It's a good song. No. Stop. Stop. No. What are you doing? I know it's a great song with its catchy melody and sing-along lyrics, but we cannot play that song. It's only a song. I'm just gonna play it one more time. Don't! Stop! Killer songs you can't resist. Spotify. All right, we are back. And it's time to get into Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which, by the way, it wasn't. False advertising. Um, they always did that. What was that? Wasn't there... Um, Friday the 13th was what? There was There was like a supposed to be a, a final... What am I? What am I trying to say? What was? What was with the? Jason the goes fun? to hell. Jason goes to hell. It was supposed to be yeah. like the final one. I don't know. They always do this. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, just like Halloween. Halloween ends comes out this year. Bullcrap. <laughs> I call bullcrap. <laughs> if it makes if it makes money, he will be back. Okay. Yep. Uh, so it came out in 1991. Um, I'm looking here. September 13th, 1991. I had just gone to college. I This was not on my zeitgeist. This is not on my radio, radar. I do not remember this at all. Um, so uh, 
one hour and 29 minutes, rated R. It's got a 4.9 out of 10 IMDb rating, 45,000 or so um, reviews. And I did want to give you, this is $11 million budget. So this is almost twice the amount of budget that they had for uh, the last one. And this one was in 3D, at least part of it. Yeah, the last 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Um, my son asked me, I guess they, they told you when, when she puts on her glasses, and that's when you put yours on. You know how that used to work, you know, when, yeah. when, when the main character puts their glasses on, you put yours on. Um, so $11 million. It made uh, $13 million its opening weekend and then ended up grossing about $35 million. So, again, that's why they keep making these. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, Rachel Talele is the director. I had no idea that uh, it was a female director. Did you guys know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. She also directed Tank Girl. I think that's her her big one. Lots of Doctor Who. Um, lots, lots of TV episodes and stuff. Ghost in the Machine from 1993. But this was her first uh, directing thing. I think that, that's pretty progressive for back then, right? Yeah, she had been working in New Line for a while, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think she was like involved with each installment, except as for a producer or something like that. Yeah, or, she yeah, was like capacity. the. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I think that's pretty progressive for you know 1991 for a lady to to be at the helm of a, a slasher, a Hollywood slasher movie. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, again, based on characters by Wes Craven. Uh, Rachel Talele also kind of came up with the story and Michael DeLuca wrote the screenplay. Um, he is, uh, um, known for producing a lot of movies, uh, as far as writing Freddy's nightmares. He was involved in that TV show, (laughs) um, (laughs) judge dread from 1995. I'm assuming that is, uh, the, um, Stallone one and in the mouth of madness. Mm-hmm. We wrote really? that one. I, yeah. I mean, I did not expect that. I did not expect that the same guy wrote in the mouth of madness. Cause that's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, stars, Robert England again, as Freddy Krueger again, getting that top billing. We've got Lisa Zane as Maggie and she's, um, the sister of Billy Zane, right? Yeah, the older sister. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. That's why she's so hot. Yes. Billy's hot is a good-looking man. Yeah. Um, Sean Greenblatt as John Doe. Um, Leslie Dean as Tracy. Ricky Dean Logan as Carlos. Uh, where have I seen him? I just want to He's stop. in Back to the Future 2. He's one of the bullies. He's, yeah. He's also uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, he's got. Is a, he the one that yells, "You bojo, those boards don't work on water." <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's the one that yells at Marty. You bojo. <laughs> I think that's what he yells at him, doesn't he? <laughs> he's got a very um, distinct looking face. He reminds me a little bit of a uh, booger from Revenge of the Nerd. <laughs> um, Brecklin, Brecken Meyer as Spencer, who reminds me of um, 
somebody that I can't even place. I, I kept looking, uh, what is he in? What is he in? But it, it just looks like somebody. I don't know. Yafet Koto as Doc, a wonderful cameo by Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr. We have <laughs> jumped the shark, people. Um, <laughs> Eleanor Donahue as the orphanage woman. And if you don't know who Eleanor Donahue is, uh, she was in Father Knows Best. And she was also in the first season of Andy Griffith Show, which I love. Uh, she's always played these like really wholesome <laughs> type characters. And it was weird to see her in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Um, and I think that's all. That's all we need, right? David you forgot about Johnny Depp. There's, yeah, there's a couple other cameos, but <laughs> yeah, Johnny Depp is is, is Alice uh, Cooper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's doing a um, a little infomercial on TV, which is obviously yeah. a nod to the fact that Johnny Depp was in the first one, um, and also <laughs> making fun of those commercials that we used to all see, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. With the, the frying egg. This is you know your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Yeah, I had to tell my daughter that, that those were real commercials. Oh, yes. She was she was like, that was weird. I'm like, those were real commercials. Like, mm-hmm. they had those. There's a lot of topical um, things in here that yes. haven't yeah. aged particularly yeah. well. Very, very, very yes. 90s. We'll get to all those, though, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, Did like you know, said, wait, really quick, really quick. Uh-huh. Johnny Depp was credited as Oprah Noodle Mantra. <laughs> why? <Let me> <laughs> I don't know, but why not? <laughs> It's like uh, Johnny Depp was probably okay. I'll do it only if you credit me as Oprah. New- <laughs> I don't make any sense. Yeah, and Alice Cooper. Or I'm sorry, was, not credited as, father. but that was like the the name of the character. <laughs> oh, yes. okay. Yeah, I think. Anyways, yeah. but Alice Cooper was Freddie's father, uncredited. Uh, my my middle son is really into, you know, um, hard rock and metal. And as soon as he started coming down the stairs, Dad, it's Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of neat. Although he he can't really he was he wouldn't hit in Freddie with any kind of force with that belt. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> it just shows that this movie should have been cooler than it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Um, the synopsis. Dream haunting Freddy Krueger returns once again to prowl the nightmares of Springwood's last surviving teenager and a woman whose personal connection to Krueger may mean his doom. (laughs) All right, we're going to roll the trailer. When we get back, we'll talk about our first impressions. As a boy, he was always different. Understood him. You ready for it, boy? It's time to take your medicine. Thank you, sir. No one could control him. <laughs> Go inside, honey. But now, it's a new beginning. The beginning of the end for Freddy. Every town has an Elm Street. It's your mind to go for. I'll get you, my 
Ripety and your little soul too. Oh, yeah. Gonna have to hit him with everything we got. Now I'm playing with power. We're in Twin Peaks here. It's gotta be me and him. You wanna live? Maggie, what's up? What's with kids today, huh? Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Great graphics. They saved the best for last. All right, we're back. And uh, again, I'm going to go first with my first impressions here. Uh, my first impressions, I don't remember watching this when it came out. Again, I was in college, wasn't into watching a ton of movies at the time. Um, I could not remember for the life of me when I started the movie. I was like, what is this about? Like, I don't remember anything about this mm-hmm. movie. So it really was like watching it for the first. Now, as I as I watched it, things came back to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my first impression was I had, I had a really fun time watching this because I watched it with my family. And we laughed and, you know, just I laughed at the things that were supposed to be laughed at. Now, it's not it's. You know, there's there's some really stupid stuff in this movie, but it just for me it it was fun. But if you're looking for a horror movie to scare you, this isn't it. Okay, this is a horror movie to kind of like laugh at and and be f- made make fun of. Because um, even my ten year old was just he was laughing uh, so hard with this thing. Um, what about you, Vin? What were your first impressions? Oh man, well. Um this is the one that I was old enough to be aware of the film coming out. So kind of the opposite experience that you have, <laughs> you know, you were in college, we'll be busy with other things. I was like 10 uh, and you know, a new Freddie movie coming out was a big deal. Um, I think I mentioned in our first episode on this series that, you know, at, at uh, the grocery store, you know, my father worked, there was like a giant cutout of Freddie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. big, I mean, this is when he was at the height of pop culture, you know, um, recognition, uh, so I, I, I must've seen this movie right when it came out for rental. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I was old enough to kind of get the, to be aware of the pop culture parodies that were going on, you know, like I recognize that this is your brain on drugs thing, the power glove reference, all those mm-hmm. things, you know, that stuff was fun for me as a kid. Uh, I remember liking actually the Freddy flashbacks a lot when mm-hmm. I watched it and loving the quote, every town has an Elm street. Yeah. which I'm pretty sure was in the trailer too. Yeah. Um, I remember though, even as a kid finding the final death, supposed final death, <laughs> uh, a huge disappointment um, and just not liking the ending of this movie at all. Uh, and going back this time was interesting. You know, like I had said, part four, I liked a little bit better than before. Part five, I liked a little bit less. And I remember the last time I had seen this about 20 years ago, I didn't really like it. And mm-hmm. I think going directly, I watched them back to back. So I went right from the kind of drab lifelessness of part five to that bonkers energy of part six, Mm -hmm. where we have that crazy opening 
you know, and uh, I think I was, it felt like a breath of fresh air, you know, yeah. um, and I was immediately thinking like, hey, maybe I'm actually going to like this movie a lot more this time around, you know, um, yeah. you can immediately sense the 90s cynicism yeah. at work in the script. It's very kind of self-aware. Um, it kind of foreshadows what we would see later in like Wes Craven's New Nightmare and Scream. Um, and I definitely found myself enjoying the first third, uh, even though it kind of becomes more disjointed as it goes. But then the film, I think, just kept devolving for me. By the time you have Spencer hopping around a house, punching walls, like it lost me. And it never got me back. <laughs> and uh, it actually, in the third act, it just kind of became annoying. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, there's still things that I find that I enjoy in this movie, but I it didn't go up very high at all on this watch. All right. And about you there, Jessica? Yeah, this one I definitely didn't remember anything about. And as I was watching it, nothing came back to me. Like, at least in the last one, when I saw Baby Freddy, I was like, oh, yeah, Baby Freddy. (laughs) But this one I really, really don't remember anything about. So it was definitely like a fresh watch. And for me, it was felt so long and so boring. And I hated it. It (laughs) Oh, the acting is so bad. I literally don't care about anybody. I like none of their deaths are scary. Freddy's not scary. I just, it was a slog and I'm grateful that I was watching it with my daughter, even though I tortured her um, because I at least had her to look over at and be like, this sucks. Right. Um, you, you owe her. I, hated it. I do owe her. Ugh, I hated yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, in no way is this a good movie, but I, I can't tell you. If I hadn't watched this with my kids, I probably would have hated it, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it was just, it was one of those things like they were laughing. I was like, we had a good time, but I can't, I can't say that like, oh man, this was really good. Cause it, it wasn't, <laughs> uh, I do think yeah. again, let's, let's talk about the, the cast, the kids here. Um, I couldn't stand I like Carlos. Yeah, Carlos was cool. I hated Carlos. You hated Carlos? The worst. His acting was horrendous. I didn't mind. I didn't mind him. Yeah. And him and Tracy both looked like way too old. I mean, oh yeah, uh, Brecken... well, especially when all the adults are like, "Oh my god, kids!" I'm like, "Kids." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Breck and Meyer always looks young, so he was yeah. fine, and I loved him. I was actually so excited when I saw that he was in it, but um. The other two just like like old, washed up, grown ups, and <sighs> I didn't think they looked that bad. <laughs> they were uh, bad. I, th- I think I think uh, Tracy was a bit annoying with her, uh, you know, butt kicking skills or something. She was annoying, she had but a actually, bit of depth at least. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like towards the end of the movie, I was like finally kind of on board with her. Um, but yeah, for like most of the beginning of the movie, I was like, I hate her. She's so annoying. Yeah. I mean, I just, I felt like it was, it was okay. They were trying to develop some, some backstory. Um, you know, even, uh, with Carlos, wasn't it, um, I guess his parents made him go deaf. Yeah. We have two abusing him of these kids who, you know, have, suffered from you know physical abuse by their parents yeah um mm-hmm. that's a, a heavy topic um you know they were treating a little bit too much with laughs i think but uh yeah i know, don't think this is the kind of movie that you know took that 
that that uh, topic seriously. Like, no, I, th- I think that's one of the things. This movie doesn't know when to be serious when it should. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's okay to have the kind of zaniness and the laughs and everything like that, but it forgets to all of a sudden be a horror film when it needs to be a horror film. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think my patience kept getting very low. Because uh, yeah. you felt like you were kind of, it was, it just felt so immature Yeah. as it continued yeah. on. You know, you didn't feel like you had, like, an adult at the helm that's going to guide this, you know, um, into somewhere interesting. Uh, you know, it was basically like, I liked it all the way up through Carlos's death. And then once we got into, you know, the, the Spencer death, I'm like, Oh wait, this is going on way too long. Yeah. This is too ridiculous. And then it just, the movie doesn't really know where it's going after that. Um, it just kind of becomes like a series of scenes that don't really feel very well attached to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, and it, it, they introduce these abilities that these kids have all of a sudden with no, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of, I'm thinking of Tracy, like apparently being able to meditate and immediately enter a dream state, you know, yeah. and these kids can now like just enter the dream world uh, and mm-hmm. be in each other's dreams. And I'm like, that was like a special thing that you had to be able to, you know, you yep. had to be Christian to do and everything. Yep. Uh, it's just, it, I think the biggest problem with this movie is that there's, they do a terrible job establishing any kind of rules. You know, it's like anything seems to go, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. Cause I mean, these are fantasy horror movies, right? Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But even in fantasy, you need for world building, you have to have some sort of rules. You have to ground, you know, the viewer or the reader, whatever it is, you have to ground them in some sense of realism Mm -hmm. so that they understand what's real. They understand the rules. They understand when the rules are broken by magic or, you know, the supernatural or whatever it is. Um, But they don't do that in this. They just kind of keep throwing things at the screen and you you have a hard time, I think, following along with what the hell they're they're trying to do. Yeah, that's a good point, because I think some of the concepts are really cool. And that's something that I find is in each installment is that they're always pushing like what Freddie's trying to do next, you know, and how he's trying to get away with more and more and see how much he can get away with. And so I like some of the stuff like um, that Springwood is now void of any children and that he's gotten all of them. And there's, it's kind of this weird post-apocalyptic city mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way and all the grown-ups are just kind of wandering around yeah. sad and deranged <laughs> in that weird crappy carnival and it was um, Roseanne, I, I don't think... Roseanne and Tom yeah. Arnold that's yeah. how you know like it was really <laughs> schlocky I, I have mixed feelings about the whole thing you know because I don't understand Springwood in this world anymore you know mm-hmm. we have that we have that little map in the beginning that you know all the teenagers <laughs> are gone uh, Did anybody think of uh, Escape from New York? Sort of, you know. <laughs> like, all the adults are like suffering from psychosis, but like, you know, I, I, my first question was, how close is Springwood? Like, they get there, it seems like within a few hours by van, mm-hmm. right? Like, nobody knows about this town. Nobody knows about what the hell's been going on for the last couple yeah. of years. Um, yeah. You know, a couple of generations apparently. Um, and they get there with the van awfully quick, and. Yep. Again, they once again we have a movie where nobody knows who Freddy is, and we have to re-establish all this again. We have to go through all the uncovering. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been way more effective if instead of having these adults suffering from psychosis, I think it would have been more interesting if we had seen like somehow over time the dream world seeped into Springwood. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
and you know when, when they get back nobody remembers spencer or carlos you know but like what if because of the dream state people have forgotten springwood you know the people who live in springwood are just forgotten nobody knows they forgot about the town the people were outside of it you know they just don't know about right. this. um and it would make more sense for why certain things happen in that town like when they they go into that house and then it changes into nancy's house but in this movie they apparently make it that it's definitely freddie's house too like that's where freddie lived mm-hmm. right because that's pretty much what they're telling us right yeah. that maggie yeah. grew up in that house and yeah. freddie was oh, her father. i didn't even catch that <laughs> Because they go into that house and she goes in the backyard and that's where the water tower is. But it's Nancy's yeah. house, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. in that, that stuff didn't make sense to me. You know, because I think right. in part four, there was like a throwaway line that Kristen had when they're standing outside of Nancy's house. She, and it's all boarded up and abandoned. And mm -hmm. she says something like, This is his home. And I don't think that she meant like literally Freddy Krueger lived there. I think she meant that like he is where like Nancy was, basically, yeah. you know? Um, right. That's where his spirit was residing. But they seem to have taken it literally as like Nancy's house was Freddie's house, which I think would have come up in the first movie <laughs> yeah. if right. that was true. Um, or any of the other movies. Yeah. Like, or a sixth movie. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of weird they cling on to this. But anyway, you know, they, they have that house morph into Nancy's house. Like they were tricked going in there because it looked mm -hmm. fine on the outside, even though it looks terrible on the inside. They don't mention that. Um but I think that it would have been made more sense if this is just a town that Freddie has somehow mixed the dream with reality, you know, yeah. but instead they don't do that. They just make it like all the people, all the adults are crazy and they're having a carnival and like none of this stuff is grounded in any kind of realism. I don't know how to take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just weird when you have Roseanne and Tom Arnold, like, you know, grabbing <laughs> kids and like, what the hell is going on in this thing? It, it's, mm -hmm. it just gets weird. Yeah. yeah, teachers are in their empty classrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, like that guy, that weird. teacher, you know, 1493, Kevin, or what was it? Is it Columbus sailed the ocean blue or something like that? Yeah, whatever you would say. 1493 yeah. or, or, or 94, Freddie came back for more or something. I don't something know like what. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> what is he talking about? Yeah, it, it definitely has a lot of holes and uh, just ridiculous plot points that make no sense. I, I don't know mystery. if I like that backstory of, of <laughs> you know, Freddie being married and having a kid. Cause yeah. I've always looked at him as kind of like, you know, that loner guy who was a, you know, a child murderer. Like I, uh, we never got a hint any, any other time in the series that he was married with, a, you know, yeah. But I understand they had to do that to get this um, this plot, you know, to work. But it just I was, was fine with that because I like when they kind of build on his backstory and his mythology and stuff. And yeah. it just makes sense that if you're trying to blend in with society and kill a bunch of children, that that's probably the easiest and best way to do it. Um, like best do. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, um, that was fine with it. I thought that those parts. Were I didn't mind cool. the flashback stuff. Like I almost didn't think yeah. that he needed to have it be his daughter at all, though. He didn't have to have a kid. Like it doesn't actually really right. play much of a role in the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think that she can do whatever nobody else can do. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, what she puts on three D glasses and she go to his into his brain because it's the daughter. I don't. Is that the rule? I don't know. Right. Don't know. They didn't <laughs> establish that he was. It was like he was trying to make it 
like he can go into a, another new city by using her somehow, but I don't understand why or how. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was his plan, right? To take over yeah, all use that the cities. Mate or something like that, right? Yeah. To, to bring her uh, back. Yes. And that she was going to, I don't know. Like it's there. There's plans that we see in this film that have way too many holes in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Like somehow Freddie knows that she'll she works with kids and that she's going to be coming back to this town. I don't know how he'd know any of that if he's stuck in Springwood. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you even have like there's the part where uh, the teens are like they have a plan. Like Spencer says he has a plan to get them out. You know, mm-hmm. and after he tells them that he has a plan to get them out. It's after that that we see Maggie decide almost on a whim to get in the van and go to Springwood, right? But then mm-hmm. they're hiding in the back of the van already. Like, yeah. were they? how long have they been back there waiting for somebody to use this van? You know, like, <laughs> we, we, we know that you can easily knock a security guard out one of these windows, you know, because mm-hmm. he bumped into somebody and did that. Oh, man, he just jumped thing. out of there, didn't he? Yeah. It's <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> But I, that, I didn't understand that plan that they were supposed to be having. Yeah. And come on, you wouldn't know that they were back there. How long have they been riding? Because I was yeah, like, exactly. what is Springwood 10 minutes away? Like, I don't. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know where Springwood is in comparison with wherever they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes down to it, the biggest problem is what you said, Ben, uh, that it's like the world building, that they didn't give us any rules or anything to help us understand this world that they're creating in this six movies so i think that's probably the biggest issue and also the characters suck in my opinion <laughs> even, yeah, even the I mean, whole idea of the kids escaping like it didn't it didn't seem to me like this wasn't juvenile detention yeah right. you know this was a place where they were like helping troubled teens yeah yeah so like this this wasn't be a place that they would have to i mean these kids could probably just walk out the door mm-hmm. yeah they don't i don't, know. I don't know if it was is, if it's i know it was uh I don't know if it's like a halfway house or, you know, but I, I, they had to be responsible for them, I guess, because they're supposed to be what, underage? Yeah, but I'm saying that yeah. I don't think that they're keeping them under lock and key the whole time. No, no. You know, they're not, they're not criminals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're troubled teens. I, I didn't get the sense that they were put in there by court order. Yeah. You know, it seemed like the parents were either put in there or the state. They've got no other place to go. Yeah. They've got no other place to go. Yeah. What'd you think about um, Doc? I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was well, a good mean, character. I wish they would have used a little bit more of him. Yeah, Fat Koto mm-hmm. classes up this picture way more than he should. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's Yeah, Fat Koto. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, he puts gravitas in that scene where it doesn't really deserve it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, I it's like he's acting in a different movie. Him. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah. his character is just, he's a, he just happens to be a dream expert. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I love this scene where Freddy is, like, cutting off his fingers again, like he did with Tina, mm-hmm. you know? Which I actually think, it looked pretty good, the way he cut him off. He's recounting all the different ways that he was killed. And yeah. then he yeah. just goes on this monologue, telling his whole backstory to Yavikoto yeah. Koto for no reason. Like, there's no reason that he would have to tell this guy any of this information, but he just... I don't know. I guess he, he was a doctor. He figured he'd tell him his story, I guess. And what um, do you think about that backstory? Oh, the dream demons is so corny. Yeah, that is one of the that is one of the goofiest scenes in this entire franchise. Oh, is so when bad. he's in the burning building. Yeah, yeah. And the dream demons are coming and they're talking to him. 
<laughs> that really yes. bummed me out because that should be yeah. such a cool epic thing, you know. And they just have like demonic so sperm bad. flying around. Yeah, demonic sperm. Yeah, that's what they, they look did. like, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not scary at all. No, it is so. I was corny. gonna say, why was he even in do- the doctor's dream? Because he's a grown up. I can't understand I that. Did yeah. I miss something? Maybe because he was going to help the kids and he needed to get rid of I don't know. I mean, because he did kill Nancy's mom. You know. Yeah, but he did that in real life, right? Yeah, he was pulled out of the dream world. When uh, he killed her. Yeah. Well, again, rules. There are none. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> there are none. Um, yeah, that, that, the whole dream demon thing. I, I understand that they tried to explain how Freddy has the power to come back and, and, and to be eternal in dreams and mm-hmm. get, give him almost a, you know, he's get it. He's got a demonic power behind him, but yeah. could you, could you at least make those demons scary and yeah. not, Seriously. not look so ridiculous like stooges or something. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> it reminds me yeah. of like the, the three uncles from Casper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Those it was really better. stupid. It was stupid. <laughs> it really was. It's the thing, this, um, like I said, tonally, this movie doesn't know when to be serious. You know, like there there's so much Looney Tunes inspiration mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, you know, I feel like they they kind of took a look at Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> you know, my daughter said that. It reminded <laughs> me a lot, yeah. uh, especially that Spencer part of um, remember the Twilight Zone the movie. Yeah, right. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. I started thinking that too. Yep, the kid. Yeah, with right, the yeah, bouncing, bang, 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 you know, um, <laughs> and that would have been fine had they just did it a little bit, but that scene went on for ten minutes. Oh, yeah. it was, and it was so, car- it was overly cartoonish. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and Spencer is not being injured during all of this. Yeah, and then he dies just by falling into a hole. Uh, you know, if if they had yeah. him like like punching bricks in the game. And you see him punching in real life, and it's like breaking his hands and everything like that. He's got these bloody nubs all over the, you know, like mm-hmm. that right. would be cool, you know, yeah. um, you know, kind of like video game physics versus real physics. <laughs> you know, putting yeah. a body yeah. through all that, that would yeah. have been really cool. Uh, but no, even his head, Freddy, his head goes through the ceiling. Yeah, and he's, he's, and he's not bleeding by a giant Freddy. We see like his whole entire body get like flattened, but he's not dead yet. Yeah, and the sound I don't effects. Know, it, you see like Maggie's eyes like trying to follow him around like he's bouncing all over the freaking uh you know the, the hallway it, it's awful um yeah yeah, yeah. and, and then i the love whole... how in in 1991 they thought that in 10 years people would still be using a power glove yeah because like <laughs> this must be 10 years in the future <laughs> now you're playing oh. with power power yeah what yeah it's awful uh, yeah that was that, that was a nintendo thing right yeah, the power glove, which never worked. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, I did read that they didn't get permission to use that, and mm-hmm. um, Bob yeah, Shea anyway. told Rachel, "Like, go ahead and just do it anyways, whatever." Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, because they didn't use an actual power glove. No, you know, they just used some kind A of reference. Some yeah. some ridiculous looking thing that he was using. I don't know what he was, you know. Like something you'd see on 1960s Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the kills. Okay. Uh, Got to talk about the kills if you're talking about a uh, a Freddy movie. 
Um, my, my, my kids, they loved the Carlos kill. Um, I still think that was pretty good. I actually like that. Well, one. they were, you know, covering their eyes when, when he sliced, uh, his ear off and then mm-hmm. gave him that other ear thing that the hearing aid that like became like some sort of a, uh, I don't know. Shirt. Yeah. Like face hugger on his ear. Yeah. 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 And then they, they were, they were, they really enjoyed it. Like when Freddie was dropping the, the pins yeah. and all that. And then when I his see. head exploded dude, in the, in the, in the chalkboard, my yeah. wife mm-hmm. had her, had her ears shut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Robert England looks like he is having so much fun in those yeah. scenes. Like he when, he's, when he's sneaking behind Carlos and stuff like that and yelling <laughs> and, you know, and he's like dropping the pin or, oh, oh, you know, like it's just, yeah. I, I, there's, there's such a positive energy actually from that whole sequence yeah. where it looks like Freddie's just having the time of his life where yeah. it rubs off on me, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I'm like, this is actually really fun to me. Again, yeah. the, when you follow up the Spencer thing, no. Uh, uh, but I like the Carlos. I think, and I know that you know Jessica didn't like him, but I thought Carlos is a pretty sympathetic character. Yeah, um, I liked him. Yeah, I mean, uh, when when he put that big Q-tip all the way through his head, who doesn't feel that? My family <laughs> was like cringing, like ah! you but know. Then they that used was a popping sound effect. Yes, yeah. So I, I, like, I think ah. that was good. Now I could not get over how they get to this house. And he just goes up to the room, the bedroom, and lays yeah, like, on a daggone dirty bed and says, well, I'm going to take a nap. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? I mean, I understand you've got to fall asleep, but could we not have waited till the night or something? I mean, uh, that, yeah, that seemed like. Shake out those sheets or something? Or? Yeah. <laughs> you know? there, was like, yeah. <laughs> there was like dust coming up all. I yeah. was like, what are you doing? This is not yeah. realistic. Um, who else we got? Um Spencer's was lame, but then you had uh, John Doe, right? The one yeah, with the parachute and the kid. nail, the nail, the bed of nails. Yeah, that's total Looney Tunes, but I don't so mind Looney that Tunes. so much. That was Looney Tunes. I don't really mind and, it. And, yeah. and uh, well, the, the look was kind of cool, you know, mm-hmm. when he's laying there and you see the, the, yeah. the nail, um, I guess not prints, but the holes come up out. Yeah. That, that was, yeah. Even though it was, it was obviously he had like something under his shirt there. It was pretty puffy. I think it's, it's a nice follow up to that opening sequence with, you know, it, if we just go back to the opening really quickly, you know, like I love the tone of the very beginning of the movie where mm-hmm. it opens up with like a Frederick Nietzsche quote. Yeah. And then the following quote is welcome to prime time be, you know, yeah. <laughs> Freddy yeah. Krueger, you know, uh, and then he's like on the plane, he's scared and he's like, I'm afraid to fly. And she's just like, you know, she calls him a pussy, like yeah. <laughs> the woman next to him. And then she gets like sucked up in the plane and he gets dropped down. And I'm like, this is fun, you know, and even yeah. like Wicked Witch Freddy, I'm like, whatever, you know, because at least what we're seeing in this movie that we didn't see as much in the other movies is that Freddy has complete control yeah. over this mm-hmm. dream world. You know, he can break the laws of physics that which he didn't really do in the previous movies. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, he can he can fly around on top of the the parachute and stuff like that. You know, and I, I again, it was kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, where, yes. You know, Valiant is is that his name? Valiant? I haven't seen that movie in years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but when he goes to Toontown. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, how lethal it is for a human being to go to Toontown. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like yeah. you're in Freddy's world now, you know. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't mind that stuff at all. But I think that especially once they leave Springwood 
they should have gone for a most more serious tone. You know, mm-hmm. like we we should have yeah. we should have pivoted somehow and really, you know, reset, you know, reset the tracks. Um because now Freddy is no longer in his dream world. He has control of everything. Now he's going to the real world. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, it, it, it never, it never uh, delivers on what it can promise in that first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but you were saying like that Looney Tune part, it's same thing when mm-hmm. uh, he was on the bus, on the yeah. front of the bus and he, he goes through the, whatever the veil is there yeah, and the cutout of him. Yeah. Is there, and it doesn't look anything like him at all. He's got like crazy no. hair. And I was like, that's kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, uh, I'm trying to think what was um, uh, the girl, the fighter, the girl? What was her name again? Tracy. Tracy. She doesn't die? No, she's confronted by her father. That's right. And she beats him with a toaster or something like that. Or no, and that a was coffee a, pot or something. That was a good I think effect. it's an electric kettle. Yeah, that was a good yeah. effect when her father kind of morphs his face morphs into Freddy. I didn't uh, mind that scene actually. I think yeah. that is a decent scene. That was one of the better scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have another movie here where there's just not enough uh, kills? I mean, how many other? I mean, it's Spencer. We only have three. Three. Um, Spencer, Carlos, and John Doe. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. They needed another couple kids as fodder, you know? Well, he they really did. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that ma- yeah instead, they play up this fake mystery. Like, did anybody for once think that this kid was his son? No. You know, especially because uh... the teacher, when he's when he's teaching to nobody in the room, he says something <laughs> like 1966. He's like, that's when he had the child. Mm-hmm. And the kid's just like, that's me. I'm like, dude, you're not in your mid-20s. You're supposed to be a teenager. <laughs> Yeah. He would have been born in 1966. You know, it's just yeah. Obviously, the woman sitting standing right next to you, <laughs> right? It was supposed to be around 30. That's that's the one that he's talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Another it's scene I did like was they kept focusing on. Right. I was gonna say one of the things that I actually did like was when Maggie was a little girl. I think her real name's Catherine. You know, yeah. and she goes down into the basement or whatever you'd call that. Um, yeah. while, his, his lair. Yeah, while Freddie's, you know, confronting her mother um, about what she found in there. And she comes out and she's crying. And that was just, like, so sad. And what did he... I think he was beating the mother's head against, like, steps on a tree or something. Like, he would have her a tree house. Shed or something. I couldn't yeah. tell. It's kind of funny. Like, like, it's just like he was choking her to me, but I I could be wrong. Her head was going yeah. back and forth, I think, against something, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's another line. She's got to take her medicine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That scene was so sad, and she's like, I promise I won't tell daddy. Mm-hmm. This, this movie tries to do, I think, almost too much in the time that it's given. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you really want to do this stuff and explore what all the things that they're putting in, this should have been like a two-hour movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it go, yeah. goes so fast. You don't have time to get to know any of these characters and get to care about any of them. Or, you know, it's, yeah. they're just kind well, of on to the next thing over and over. The doc, um, he was talking to, talking to uh, you know, Lisa Zane or whatever. I forget what her name is in here. Maggie. Maggie. Maggie yeah. About, like, her issues, mm-hmm. you know? And we're like, well, what are her issues? Could we, 
could we maybe spend a little more time with her like outside like at the beginning like maybe on her yeah. way to you know does she yeah. struggle with dreams i'd love to struggle? learn the backstory about how she became an expert knife thrower Oh man! Oh my god! I literally like, put that in my notes. Like, does she do dagger throwing for fun on the weekends seriously. or something? Absolutely. <laughs> we should have known she about her circus. I was I was shocked they didn't have uh, Freddie on one of those wheels. Yeah, and just spin it, and her oh, just thump, thump, thump. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. with uh, complete with sound effects for sure. Yeah. I, I said that same thing. I said, boy, she's really good at knife throwing. <laughs> yeah, because that was also in real life. That wasn't in dreams anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was conflicted about the whole Maggie character. I think Lisa Zane, yeah. she's really cute, but I mean, I didn't think that she was the best actress. actress. No, no, she was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's a thought. A question, actually. At the end, when... They they pull him out, right? Yeah. Which which I thought was kind of cool. She's pulling on him, and his arms are getting longer. That was kind of that was a cool effect. His was, head was <laughs> like bubbling. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was cool. When he when they are looking for him, he is laying on the floor. Looks like he's crying, whatever. But he's not burnt anymore. Yeah, he's Robert England. <laughs> Why? Because then is he just trying to uh, gain sympathy from her? Yeah, and or by, at least that's by how appearing I like that, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't sure what was going on because th- thirty seconds later he's back to burnt Freddy. So, I, and I I'm still not clear how he died because she blew him up. Had that, yeah, but he's been brought out into the real world before and you know, <laughs> has been lit on fire, has been hit with sledgehammers, has been <laughs> yeah. basically died, and that didn't do it. Um, yeah, but when you blow somebody up, I mean, they're pretty pretty much dead. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't, re- I can't even remember how they resurrect him. Um, for uh, Freddy versus Jason, do you, or do they even mention it? No, I, I think that he's he's in Jason's dreams. I think, but I don't know how that. Originates. I don't remember. Yeah, we'll have to. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. We too. get to, we get to look forward to to answering those questions. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Overall, it feels like a really sad send off to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was ten years old and disappointed by the ending. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Pretty really, sad. that's how we're gonna kill him. I mean, how, okay, let's let's go there. How would you have rather them killed him? Do you have any 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 good ideas? I don't think it should come down to just a fist fight. Yeah, you know, like it shouldn't come down to like a physical fight between somebody. You know, it should be a psychological battle, mm-hmm. a battle of wills. You know, I mean, that's his he he's in a, a mental state. You know, you don't even have to pull him out of the real world. I, I don't know. It's you know, it should be using his own medicine against him. Yeah, uh, if kind of like I was talking about in the previous movie, you know, if like it was like you put him into a nightmare world that he can't escape from, uh, you know, lock him up in that somehow, you know, and don't let him out. I think that that's that's a just, you know, uh end for Freddy yeah. Krueger. Um, not like a fist fight with his daughter and she like breaks his hand. You know, it, it's it's a very unimaginative way to take out a horror icon. Yeah. It's yeah. centered around imagination. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't very imaginative. Yeah. In Tracy's nightmare, there were like 
you could see pieces of something they could have put together. You know, like she says, you don't scare me, you know, which kind of makes you think of Nancy figuring it out in the first movie mm-hmm. that yeah. he uses that power against you, you know, and then there's the part where he says, well, it's your dream, but it's my rules. Um, yep. You know, and that could kind of trigger like, oh, well, what are his rules? Um, how am I going to use them against him? How we can make it our rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I do like that little bummer. spinning glove thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You said you liked it? Yeah. I like that spinning yeah. glove when he gets out of that. But no, yeah. I mean, exactly what Jessica's saying. You know, like we saw with that Looney Tunes stuff that he has control over the dream world. Like if, if he was stuck in a dream world and he had no control over it. Yeah. That's. You know, that's the kind of thing that I think that he should have been subjected to um, and taken out. Not a pipe bomb in the chest. I I don't know. This is. Yeah. And that whole explosion with his head. Oh, looks terrible. Yeah. Doesn't it come? A head comes out of his mouth like three times. Yeah. Yeah. It it has like a digital breakup or something like that after that. Yeah. Uh, And then we've got the. Demon sperm start sperm demons. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you had your 3D glasses, it would look okay. I don't know. Something tells me it probably doesn't look that much better. It was so bad. Very sad ending. I do like the end credits, though. It's fun to see kind of his reel of like best of (laughs) from all the the, uh, past movies. Yeah. It's strange. Pop playing, I think, over that one. Yeah, and I'm like, interesting choice. I'm sorry, Iggy Pop. Come on, he he wasn't. He's had some he good was, stuff, but I didn't quite yeah. understand that song. No, <laughs> I loved it. That was like the only thing I liked about this movie. Yeah, I mean, I like Iggy Pop, but <laughs> if they're trying, the one. if they're trying to get a a hit or something, I mean, Iggy Pop in 1991 was not mainstream radio. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think so. Late 80s and. Yeah. He kind of came back again with train spotting, yeah. lust for life and yeah. stuff. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this is this movie has got all kinds of problems, but for some reason, it's probably only because I watched it with my f- family. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's all I can explain. Is you know when you watch like a bad movie with a group of people, mm-hmm. and you just have a little bit more fun yeah, with it. The experience I, I, wasn't negative. I would almost, I would almost say it was, it's so bad, it's good. I mean, it approaches that at times. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree, but <laughs> you yeah. can have that opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I literally put, "This is not so bad. It's good. This is just bad." Because <laughs> you know, I love Mia. It's so bad. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. As you recall, when we talked about Sharks of the Corn. Oh. <laughs> that's definitely not as bad as good i don't i don't know <laughs> <clears throat> all right anything else that we want to to add no i don't think so i think we've, I think I've we've covered my notes covered this one so yeah all right again taminator this is going to be a real low score for her i'm sure she'll let us know when she when she comes I think back she on. liked this one a little bit better than five but uh, she did, yeah. Yeah. I, d- I don't get, it, but whatever. Yeah. She she <laughs> gave it extra points for Roseanne and Tom. <laughs> so. It does get a point for that. Oh yes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and rate it. Um, Vin, you go first. I'm actually gonna give it the same as the last score, six point mm-hmm. five. I I kind of like the first half. 
you know, I don't like the second half. I do think it's slick. Um, it probably has the best production out of any of the movies so far. Uh, in the second half of the movie, I kind of, I don't mind the flashbacks. I think some of that stuff is pretty interesting, like the Son of a Hundred Maniacs chant and, you know, seeing Alice Cooper <laughs> walk down the yeah. stairs. And um, there are moments in the second half that I do enjoy. Um, I just think that the ending is pretty awful. But again, same kind of reason, you know, 6.5. Yeah, it's fine to watch, but it's not one that I'm eager to return to. Yep. Um, I gave this one a six out of ten, just a just a hair below um, the last one, and and not because I enjoyed the last one more in my viewing experience, just as a like as a movie. Uh, just didn't think it was as as good, but I did have a good time with it. I'll say I keep saying that uh, I did have a good time with it. So, all right, Jessica. Uh, so for me, I had a lot of issues with this one. Um, I didn't think it looks look at all, to be honest. I really hated the way the camera moved. I didn't like the directing. I thought it was really boring. I didn't find the movie entertaining. I was totally checking the clock the entire time. I thought the acting was terrible. I do give it some credit for some of the concepts. I just didn't think that they were well executed. Um, so this one was a real slog for me to get through. I've didn't even like Freddy in this one, and I always at least like Freddy. Um, so I gave this one a three and a half. Wow. It was officially my least favorite <laughs> so far. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's hey, understandable. Understandable. So, all right. Well, there you go. That's going to do it for our reviews there of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Child, and Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. We will be back uh, next time, and we're going to do part, is it part seven, right? Part seven, which is uh, The New Nightmare. And that's going to, have you ever seen that one, Jessica? I have. I just don't remember it. Yeah, I think, uh, of course, Tammy hasn't seen it. But I think that takes us in a new direction, and I think that's a that's going to be a step up for us. I, that's my my, um, my guess. That's and then, um, yeah. And then uh, we will also be talking about uh, Freddy versus Jason um, in the, in the next episode. All right. Why don't we tell everybody where we can uh, be found on the interwebs? Vin. Uh, on Facebook, I've been Horrorcast. Uh, the blog is therevenantreview.com. And on YouTube, I am Revenant Reads. All right. How about you, Jessica? On Instagram, I'm amateur.destroyer. On Twitter, I'm at amateur destroyer. On Facebook, I'm Jessica Schmidt. And on Letterboxd, I'm Ashy underscore slashy. All right. And I did want to give Taminator a shout out. You, uh, you can check her out on um, her new Twitter. What was it again? I Do think you it's Tammy Horror Host. Tammy Horror Host. At Tammy Horror Host. Um, she's on new to Twitter and she's also, also always on Facebook and our Facebook group and Taminator, Tammy Turner. Uh, if you're old school, you can email us at askthehorrorcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the HCast and on Instagram at the HorrorCast. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the HorrorCast where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared. Monster.